0: in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast and now back to the episode. Hey, Emmanuel, what are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting?
1: Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording, so I figured I'd hop in. Oh, awesome.
0: Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and, of course, Jetstream.
1: Of course. I'd love to share. Anything specific?
0: Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too.
1: Am I close? The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations. You've got two options. Option one, the hard one. You find a PMS, hire staff, learn the tools, figure out OTA distribution, train yourself, train your teams, price your product, deal with customers, and you do everything yourself. Option two, partner with Jetstream. Jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs. Jetstream handles everything.
0: So I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream?
1: Absolutely not. Jetstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name, everything. You focus on delivering on site guest delight and growing your inventory. Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, Anyone who mentions code talk 50 will receive 50% off the first three months.
0: All right. Coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though, but let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me.
1: Sounds good, we Will. See you soon.
0: Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing?
2: Good morning.
0: Happy Monday. Happy I
3: Monday. Think
2: people should see it how you're just shaking your hat and do this kind of intro. People should see it. So if people are listening, go also to YouTube or. You Will's we we'll background
3: game stepped up a lot too.
0: Yeah, the background you, game, the camera game, the comfortability game. I'm like loving this chair. I never want to get out of it all day. So yeah i can't complain you know the the show pays well you know we're we're just balling out right over here uh, just kidding totally just kidding but turn the camera around
3: what's behind it <laughs> you don't want to see my bedroom <laughs> yeah
0: so good stuff um guys happy monday we had a good week last week uh Loved having our friend, our new friend, Pat, on the show to talk about the difference between remote work and digital nomad ship and all the stuff that involves that. Um, and I'm glad that today's topic kind of carries on through that theme.
3: Yeah, moving more into remote work. Uh, but based on a recent industry announcement, it doesn't necessarily sound like remote work. They could be full full on digital nomads. So. Uh, We'll get into
0: the differences there. 100%. There's going to be a lot to cover. Uh, I definitely have some uh, opinions when it comes to this, and I think uh, Brian Chesky's article was pretty – well, we'll get into it. But uh, anyways, I I think uh, if that's all we got for now, we'll jump jump into our uh, quick segments. And I know we got a great what's with the noise. So, uh, Michael Golden, I think we're going to let you take it away first. (laughs) Exciting.
3: Always good to see grandma on a Monday morning. So, this week's What's With the Noise is about a company I have not heard of before called Bounce. They apparently raised $2 million from General Catalyst four months ago, and then rolled that into a Series A with Andreessen Horowitz at a $12 million investment round. This is insane for a luggage company. Kudos to them. I I don't necessarily see it, but I would love to, to learn more from you, Cody, if you're listening. Um, you know, we've seen a few Luggage storage companies come and go, but maybe this one's the one that sticks.
2: Yeah, for the listeners who joined last week, we talked about digital nomads and of course, we continue this conversation with remote work as well today. But it's pretty interesting to see as well that you could also not staying in an apartment or somewhere else, but staying in something which you call mobile or that's why the, the start of the week is cabana, they actually have RVs, which you can actually rent actually it's a mobile hotel room as they call themselves So give you the freedom to travel to sleep whatever you want to do so it is another really interesting ways okay you just have your stuff you don't have to move keep moving but you're just moving the vehicle you moving the room instead of moving yourself by airplane or different transportation. So pretty interesting. They raised 70 million and they only started in 2019. Uh, they had a huge acceleration of revenue and growth, of course, during pandemic when people indeed work more remotely. So well, pretty impressive. So they did a three and a half million round uh, pretty early in the beginning. And they did another 10 million round uh, a year ago, a bit less than a year ago. So well done, 70 million investment and started 2019. So seems promising. And I think a great way as well if you're a digital nomad to use an RV and go on the road and work from uh, from different places and uh, travel like this.
0: I've been really tempted to book one of them. I, I saw them when they launched uh, back in, because they're a Seattle-based company. And so when I was living in the uh, uh, Pacific Northwest, I was like, man, that'd be so cool to do a podcast on the road. Uh, I'm waiting for them to get a little bit more inventory so that way I can You you don't have to fly all the way back to Washington to use it, but still, it looks like a lot of fun. I think the setup was really nice on the vans. I've been uh, very interested in the van glamping life, but it's my style of
3: camping. I I can't sleep on a floor in the woods without a bed (laughs) or air conditioning. Like a van is is kind of you know camping light. So yeah, yeah, I can I can see trying that out.
2: We, we keep uh, saying it at home as well. Like we should really do it once and you can run them in here as well. doesn't matter so much, but still we just, okay, next year we're going to do it. And even though we keep postponing it we even thinking to buy one, even never did it, but I don't know. It's something still on my, on my list and I will do it. in then soon it will be pretty cool and need to travel indeed with that, with the family like this to some different places. So we'll get there. Yeah, we'll nice get one. there. Before
3: we we'll get all into the is Ali feeling better?
2: Yeah, he's feeling good. Yeah. Well, a bit better let's call it like this he's actually he's on the way to the doctor now with my wife so but yeah all right actually better for something. the listeners it's pretty coincidence like we have the same first name we have this and also our son has a first name so just and our wife yeah.
3: has the same first name
2: yeah and they're not the same and they're not the same kids just for, <laughs> for, for the people <laughs> confused <laughs> it's a
0: little getting a, get a little freaky over here um yeah well I think it's a good time to jump in because uh, this this topic in general, uh, I was getting coffee with my friend this morning and uh, he asked the question, what are you talking about today on the show? Because he knows that we do the show every Monday. And for me, I got really excited because I think this is something uh, we've mentioned throughout multiple episodes. We've made comments on certain perspectives or views with this. But, um, you know, to see this statement come out was Pretty refreshing, in my opinion. I, I'm 100 on board with what Airbnb is doing. So today's episode, we are dissecting the Airbnb Live and Work Anywhere policy that they just uh, announced last week. And just to give a a brief, quick little look for all the live viewers that we got on today, um, since COVID nineteen began, a new world of travel has emerged. Millions of people are more flexible about where they live and work. In response to this trend of newfound flexibility, Airbnb today announced our approach to allow employees to live and work anywhere and how we will partner with destinations to help them attract remote workers. So right out the gate, pretty, pretty strong statement, live and work everywhere or anywhere. Um,
3: live the brand, yeah. man. I love it. I love Seriously. it, Chesky. I don't always agree with things Brian Chesky comes out and says, uh, but this one is this one's great. I'm I'm a fan, and he's living it too, traveling yeah. and staying in various Airbnbs all over the world. Um, so I, I think one of the coolest parts about it is you can come into the office if you want. You don't have to, mm-hmm. but. It doesn't matter where you live, your pay will be the same. So a lot of companies adjust payments if you live in New York or San Francisco versus Alabama. Um, but Airbnb is allowing or or disallowing a, a change of uh, compensation based on geography. So there's a lot of really cool things to do here. One of the stats that I'm not sure I fully believe, but it's something I've seen several times, is the 20% of Airbnb's bookings since the pandemic started were for more than a month long. And if that doesn't tell you kind of the shift of digital nomad remote work, then, then I'm not sure what does. So it makes sense for Airbnb to lead the way. It's also one of these game theory things. They're mm. out in San Francisco, Twitter, Google. They're making everyone go back to the office. Well, guess who's going to get the top talent now, right? Airbnb is going to start being able to attract it. And then we'll probably see some other companies adjust their policies as a result. But Airbnb gets the head
2: start. Well, the head start, we announced a similar, okay, we didn't public uh, publish it anywhere. But we actually announced them a month ago. <laughs> Maybe because we're slightly smaller than Airbnb, we didn't get so much attention on. But we even didn't uh, share it, like in press. But indeed, we said the same. It totally makes sense. But right? especially also when you're in a travel company, it does even make more sense to give people the experience to be in different places. But we said the same. We have a cool office but just just work whatever you want to work before even after pandemic. Well, just say um, maybe it's kind of kind of finished. It's okay. Just more hybrid. You can come to the office, but like a month ago, we said okay. Just work whatever you want to work. If you want to work, you want to move to Spain, you want to just close it to the beach, just do it. Just whatever makes you feel comfortable and makes you indeed feel happy. And I think that's, I think this approach, I think it makes really sense. I think what is really strong, actually, what Chesky said, indeed, we're keeping it the same. We're keeping the salaries the same. So I think a lot of people who are living now in San Francisco, I think they are just packing their stuff and go out, right? Totally makes sense. And they go to another place, uh, maybe even uh, the other side of the ocean. And just okay, just living in, in somewhere else where it's maybe it's it's a bit cheaper, where I just have maybe have a, a different climate or whatever. But it's give them the experience as well to be somewhere else. I think that's really strong. This message there. You can
3: pay three thousand, four thousand bucks a month for a studio in San Francisco, or you could live off of three thousand bucks a month in some beach town in Costa Rica. Like mm-hmm. yeah. you can mm-hmm. talk about retiring early, like make a San Francisco salary. Yeah, pay nothing for cost of living. Like, I don't know. My if,
0: biggest thing, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead.
3: I, I'm just like, I'd be a huge fan of that. If I'm an internal employee, especially if you're early in your career, um, you know, it's, it's a little harder once you get married and buy a house and all of that. But like, you know, will your phase, Pat, our guest last week, it's yeah. it's easy just to to get up and move. And if I was single, I would do that in a heartbeat.
0: Well, the biggest well, thing for know. me is that I have seen <laughs> is not. that you know <laughs> we're yeah, no, you're not. Not at all. Uh, I think last last episode you said you're gonna make your wife watch that episode so you guys can travel a little bit more. So uh yeah, it's good stuff. She, she watches um, all
2: the
3: episodes. Perfect. And I brought up I the
2: it. I brought up the topic and Like, So why not? Let's just even explore to good <laughs> no, but I started this conversation, so I actually want to have this- it is, it is an interesting thought, right? Just okay, indeed, if you're the, the difficulty is more the kids, I would say, than from where working, because of course, they've got their school and their friends. I, I said, we said as well, like, if we didn't have the if we had kids, or at least not the 12 year old one, then it would be easier, because of course, with the school. So if they're working on stuff and those things become more flexible, yes, yeah, I think you see even a bigger group going remotely or becoming additional notebooks. So what was really interesting about the article, just to add in there, is that what he said is like forever. I think it was mentioned there. And that's actually interesting. That, that, catch, that catch my attention more than, than the rest because it means it's not a hype. It's not a trend. You see this like, this change forever, right? So that's actually interesting to see. And that was also like thinking, does it ever go back to how it was before? Is it just a period of a of years? Or do we come back to normal offices? Because a lot of offices, they have an amazing office in San Francisco. I've been there a few years ago. A lot of offices remain, will be empty. So if more companies go this this pop what's going to happen with all those offices? Turn them into
3: Airbnbs. What if that's Airbnbs gonna, headquarters,
2: well, if the top two floors turn into Airbnb be. rentals?
1: Why not? Yeah. Ryan, I know you're
3: listening. Uh, you can go ahead and steal this idea from us. I know no you're one welcome. internally has probably come up with that yet, but yeah. just a thought. Yeah. It'd be pretty sweet.
0: We're kind of big deal here coming up with the best ideas for airbnb but uh there's two like
2: at chesky to this uh at chesky folks. um yeah.
0: the the big thing for me i've seen companies that have said okay great we're gonna work remote but if you live anywhere outside of where you know you originally were we're gonna decrease your pay because you're in a lower cost of living to me that's the biggest slap in the face as an employer to an employee and i just don't understand like why companies think that is the right route to go because your employees are adults, right? So they're making life changes, whether it's moving or going to, you know, uh, a work remote what trip. What you're
3: just going to get is people getting a PO box in San Francisco and calling it their yeah. address and they live somewhere else. Like now you're just wanting your employees to lie to you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I was like, what, and if they, none of, none of them told you that they moved. How many of you would have known outside of the the legal side for taxes and stuff it was like you, it wouldn't matter. They're still working like people, they're adults. They're making decisions that better their lives. They're responsible. And if they're not responsible, guess what? Come up with policies that reprimand that or get rid of them, like get rid of those people, uh, that, you know, do just move their mouse every couple hours or every couple minutes, uh, while they're working from home to look like they're active on Slack or whatever it may be. Um, you know that to me is just like mind blowing that people you know would just yeah like treat their employees like their kids and think that they can't be responsible adults.
3: Yeah, I will say the the biggest downside to this. Well, there's there's two losers in it. One is anybody that does commercial real estate, particularly focusing on office. Yeah, uh, time to get out of it. <laughs> time to maybe pivot. <laughs> away from office and into something, anything but office. Um, but secondly, the big loser here is recent college grads, I think. Um, because training on your own at home is, is a lot harder than if you're in an office for your, the first two, three years of your career. Um, I'll never work in an office again. But that said, having worked in an office for the first five years of my career, six, seven years of my career, I, I, my career trajectory would probably be starkly different. Um, okay. you, know, you learn to be self-disciplined when you're 22 years old and right out of college. You, you probably want to go hang out with your friends more than you want to work. Um, so, like getting the getting that training. Uh, from your peers that have been there and done it and also establishing that consistent like work ethic I think could be something to, to keep an eye on five years from now, like how's the next generation of work from home, recent college grads actually progressing in their career
2: well indeed and the, the new hires, right, I'm also curious that you say, okay, the current employees, they're keeping their their wage, we're not making any adjustments but if you're a new hire and you're just living in uh just say you're living in Costa Rica and you're applying for a job at the Airbnb, right? Do they adjust for new, I'm curious, for new hires? Or are they going to just implement the San Francisco salaries again? So it might be for the current employees. I'm not sure for the new uh, for new joiners. There might be some adjustments there. I don't know. There, there's
3: well, one more loser in all of this, and it's public transportation. So obviously people build infrastructures for commuters. And when you have 20% fewer commuters and revenues go down, trains don't get updated, drivers don't get pay raises. You know, it's it can cause a problem. Um, so curious to see how the evolution of public transportation progresses. Should this trend extend far beyond Airbnb and become more mainstream?
2: Well, you might see that more offices turn into co-working spaces because eventually you wanna be around the community. You wanna be around people, right? To work every day from home. Some people get used to it, but if you just for for years you work in the office and then it's like, okay, you can work from anywhere else. And then you just think, okay, I mean, indeed I moved to Costa Rica and let's work from there. I think after a while, if you don't get used to it, it might be kind of lonely. So I think indeed you might see some offices indeed turning into more co-working spaces or cooperations between companies. Okay, let's we have an, an hub, we have an office there, and some big tech companies there actually using those offices for 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 their staff in different places. That's a bit what we cool. want to do as well.
3: It's still half the office space. It's still half the traffic
2: on on the... It'll be half, yeah, yeah, of course. It'll be have an impact. And of course, some people say does, today, no, today, I'll, take, today I'll, stay from, I'll stay at home, right? And tomorrow I'll go back to the co-working space.
0: Does it really matter for big companies though, like Airbnb, Facebook, all these like, you know, San Francisco company office, like they're billion dollar companies, them paying for, like they're not getting rid of the office, right? Like, so for people that don't um, work you know, they're not productive working remote. They have the option to go to the office. So sure. I think so what percentage do going to
3: see. What percentage do you think that is? Well, if, if 100% had that's to well. show up for the office before, do you think it's 50%? Do you think it's 20%? I can't imagine I it's I, 20, I, 25% would well, show up. What
2: we saw, and that's a bit sad, is that when we told people, okay, you can work remotely and hybrid and now fully remotely, we keep the office open as a hub. The same problem that everything we're going to do in San Francisco you'll see that maybe 10% or 20% indeed will go sometimes to the office. It's really sad if you go to an office when you see it's like almost empty. And that's what is now sometimes happening. We say, okay, we have one wing. We just don't use that one. We just say, okay, this is more, and we just try to move into people together because eventually if maybe 20% of the workforce is coming and they're still going down the, the, the different floors where they were before, it's you just have nobody around you. So that is a bit more that the the... He, he might remain the office, but it also has a huge impact in the uh, well, in the culture of the company. Because, again, if you come where you come to the office where you sit before and then you're the only one sitting there and all around you there's nobody, he's like, okay, next time you won't come anymore because there's nothing to share with anybody. So yeah. this is a bit what they have to look into. Do they want to keep the same amazing large office or are they indeed going to give it some co-working facilities for other companies? And part will be still an Airbnb part because yeah, you don't want to have it off empty because it's really great. a uh,
3: yeah yeah just cut it in half turn half of them into airbnb rentals and turn the other (laughs) half into airbnb offices i love this idea
2: well
0: i i really like what you said earlier golden though like their their retention and also recruitment just increased because they're not working around you know recruiting people within a commuting distance of the office now they can hire the best of the best dev workers sales whatever (laughs) it may be um From anywhere which is super incredible Uh, I I put in the show in kind of like my notes for myself was just like that's what I really enjoy about you know our small team with hospitality FM is just now I don't have to be in Denver I don't have to have a co-working space that I'm paying for to have someone potentially come in sit next to me and work Uh, I can hire you know Claire's from Austin Texas Michael is from LA Ralph our new guy is also from LA so it's nice that we get to you know still live in that retrospect of also having good talent that just isn't limited to you know denver yeah. colorado which yeah. is
3: nice noise went fully remote pretty much the, the second that covid hit our lease happened to be up so we didn't renew and yeah, and we have a kind of permanent co-working space that people can go into but it's really people only go in there for meetings um, or you know shipping and, and things like that like I'd say of the 40 employees, there's two or three that consistently go into the office. Um, So we'll see. Um, I don't think Noiseware will ever go back to having a full in-office, wanting everybody to be in town. But I think that also might, we might be spoiled being in the travel industry. It's Mm -hmm. pretty standard.
0: Yes. So Jennifer's question, will Airbnb have a way to market to these employees to attract them to our areas besides Wi-Fi speed or desk available uh, in the, in the amenities? Um, I think the more that the Airbnb travel or the Airbnb employees travel, the more likely we're able to see a lot of these changes increase a lot faster. Um, but it's also up to like a lot of hosts, to make those changes for remote work, right? Like I'm not gonna go to a quiet small town that doesn't have any kind of activity or life outside of the home. Um, it depends on the
3: people and the family, right? If if it's me traveling with my family for a month. So I I would say the biggest thing to attract people is to make sure a long-term stay is acceptable and discounted, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to pay full rack rate if I'm going to stay for two months. So make sure you've got that built into your listing, Jennifer. Uh, that'd be number one. Number two is like a quiet working space, or maybe even like highlight a co working spot in your community or a coffee shop that people like to work out of. Because um, people do like a change of scenery, they don't want to just sit in there, even if it is a rental. And it's new four walls. They don't want to sit in those same four walls for two months straight.
2: And I think some small items, even put a LED light there, if we put some lights, would give them indeed, for, because the majority might be video calls. And if if you market those things that people see in the camera, even attract you putting a LED light there for $10, like, wow, this space is actually prepared for co working. So be smart in mm-hmm. those things and just compare with competition. Question for you guys if you could move tomorrow, it's okay, we'll go move to a different place. Uh, of course we have the discussion at home as well but like if you move to a different place where would you go
0: per, like for how long like are we like talking yeah, for, like a certain just time say frame okay or? you
2: have to you have to go for three months somewhere else just call it three months portugal
0: mm. uh, uh costa rica somewhere warm i don't know i i'm not a i'm not a big fan <laughs> of cold so as long as it's warm and there's a beach and i can have a margarita at the end of the night uh I'm good.
2: <laughs> Mikey, Mikey seems to be a big fan of Europe.
0: He is a big yeah, fan. I've never i like I've been to London, so that's about it. I, I can't maybe speak Scotland much. Ireland
2: or Ireland, somewhere that
3: you know, I'm not gonna get sunburned all the time. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> away from the beach, fear. away from the sun, the opposite of where most people go. That's that's where I like to travel.
0: Yeah. Well, I, so as we were preparing for this episode yesterday, I was thinking about the HR side of things uh, when it comes to payroll, taxes, paperwork, because Brian Chesky does mention in the letter to the, the Airbnb team um, talking about, you know, like this is all dependent on, you know, your your manager and getting the request off like you still have to file the proper paperwork and do all this stuff um, to make sure that it happens. And then he's also talking about like permanent moving international or anything like that it's still a ways away for the company. Um, So there's like people that we've had on the show before. I think of, um, I know uh, Steve Trover, he's not in the HR side of things, but as a recruiter, you know, going into that type of like, obviously it's really attractive for, you know, hiring and getting new talent, but the paperwork side, like how do you change around all this new stuff? And I do like that. Chesky mentioned that they're going to create an open source, uh, tool to process. Mil- it's, you know, um, I was reading a book called super founders. I think I've recommended, recommended it both to both of you. Um, but a small team inside of LinkedIn created this open source tool that processed millions of data points in real time, um, that now serves all these companies, um, and, I think that the move of Airbnb creating an open source HR tool like this uh, is super important because there's going to be a domino effect. They went public and guess what? A lot of companies in our space tried to go public right after away, whether it's SPAC or through an actual, um, you know, through an actual uh, IPO. But I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on the HR side? Is this actually going to limit them or is this going to benefit?
2: Yes. I see Michael saying no, but for sure the taxation is an issue because if you're living somewhere longer than six months per year, you just have to pay your income taxes and you're taxable in, the, in that country. So, they could say, okay, you're getting, you're getting the same, but if you're moving out from San Francisco, indeed, you're moving to uh, you're moving to Portugal, then you have to pay your taxes there. So it is it has a huge impact. Of course, you see that things moving uh, quicker. We're using a company I think they called Remote.com. They're actually facilitating. So there's actually they are hiring the people in different places when you have a few. I think of the size of Airbnb might be differently. So they might create different identities. I think Airbnb might have, of course, already offices in many offices in different countries. But still, if somebody goes to a smaller place which they don't have an office, you, you have to take care of it. You have to pay as a company as well. You have to pay your taxes there. So yeah, I, I, it will have some impact.
3: That's instead. a good point. I think the... Taxes is one thing, but employment law is another. So... Mm-hmm. Employment hmm. law in the U.S., I could get axed tomorrow, today for no reason, and that's that. In the Netherlands, it takes a freaking year and an act of Congress to <laughs> fire somebody. Um, so if I'm in San Francisco, the first place I'm moving is the Netherlands, and then you know they can't fire you without a year's notice. That's why I still have a job. <laughs> you'll still hire <have> <laughs> you. You'll still get paid for a year. That's um, why I'm,
2: I keep waiting for it, but still not.
3: So that is a good point, Ross. You know, I think <laughs> if you put a parameter that you can't live outside of the U.S. for more than X period of time, whatever the tax mm-hmm. laws are, then that's that's one thing. Um, but in terms of like just ha- allowing the company to do it. They're already set up in probably 50 countries. So I don't think logistically it's a challenge. It's just a matter of employment law and taxation. But I'm confident Airbnb has an army of employment lawyers and tax people that, uh, that they're smart enough to figure it out in a pretty simple way.
2: Yeah, well, it's what, did what, mention. Pat said, yes. also what Pat said. Yes, it was what Pat said, Patricio, uh, last week. Right, you see a huge gro- a huge growth, actually, in freelancers, and I think that could be another solution that you see much more people just become a freelancer and they're just yeah. invoicing a contractor. Yeah. And I think that'll be the future as well because if you keep swapping places, it's pretty tough, and also for the employer. So, we see as well sometimes we just have a, a, somebody in a specific place. Okay, you are just invoicing, you just become a contractor. So I think. This will be a bigger growth as well. It's okay. If you become more flexible, you might see growth in contractors. And you do you you taking care of your own taxes in the place where you are. You're just invoicing and just don't bother the, the company with.
3: It. Yeah, it's the rise of the non-W-2 employee. It could be yeah. part of the, the next wave. So pros and cons with that. Um, healthcare in the US is a big one. Um, it's typically not offered to contractors, but I guess you can, um, offer it. It's just, it's just a different game, but I I don't think we're in a world that's going to shy away from some creative solutions. And, um, this is just the tip of the spear. And I love, I love it. Brian Chesky, keep it up. Make sure you turn those top two floors into rental units. Those would book like crazy. Um, and yeah, I hope you're listening. <laughs> he
2: always he always does. I know that he's one of our uh, yeah, he's always listening.
3: And then you he can use balance and <laughs> store the luggage in your offices down below.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Or you just acquire them, they already, you know, raise you know 14, 16 million. Why is, might as well and just I, buy their them? Your
3: valuation must be like 40, 50 million. So
0: just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do think. <laughs>
2: Oh. Yeah, he uh
0: he did mention it was for 90 days at at each location based off of uh visas he he, he goes into a couple of details for all the the live listeners i did put a comment um with the link if you obviously weren't able to find it um but i'll do the same thing in the show notes for anyone watching or listening to the replay um gentlemen it's always great to see your faces on a monday morning you're the number one thing i look forward to every week and so uh, until until next week. Number
3: one, best or number one, the first? Because we know we're the first.
0: You're the first because I have no choice. So <laughs> we'll just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But awesome. Thank you guys for joining in. Thank you to everyone who uh, left comments on our LinkedIn and all the other good stuff uh, while we're doing the live. And we'll see you all again next week.